Hello and welcome to Hail Daryl Pod. It is Wednesday, May 3rd, and I think it's safe to say after this weekend, um, we hate Auburn. Uh, I know I do. Jeremy, you said you hated them for a little bit longer now. Um, but yeah, after this weekend on the diamond, on both softball and baseball, um, I think it's safe to say I hate them. They're now they're now at the same level that uh, the South Carolina women's basketball team is is at. Um, and that's a that's a very very high level of hate. Oh man! Well, like I said, I'll, I'll say welcome to the club. Uh, it's mm. a club I've proudly and regretfully been a part of since uh, about 2011. Um, my hate started from the time a certain uh, quarterback by the name of Cameron Newton. Uh, elected to not only spurn the dogs in December of what would be 2010 by not committing to us, sparking the enormous debate of pay for play, uh, the fact that he went to Auburn one weekend after pretty much loving Mississippi State, saying nothing but good Mississippi State things, like he was just taking this visit just to take a visit, but he, everything was fine, and then he comes back, and what do you know? He signed on the dotted line with Auburn. Um and then flash forward a few months later, Auburn is a very good team. Uh, they come to Starkville. Um, my friends and I had not forgotten about that, that he had betrayed us, and we had actually made a sign, uh, a very large poster that we blew up to the size pretty much of my full body, which I stand at 6'6". Six, six. Uh, it was the picture of Cam Newton ringing his cowbell, and we'd written Benedict Newton on the sign and mm-hmm. we showed it to Cam we showed it to Cameron as he came onto the field for warm ups and he just pointed and laughed at us. And from that moment on the hatred in my heart, it has only grown, lad, and I've learned to not only hate Cameron Newton, but I hate the entire foundation of him, which happens to be Auburn, Alabama. So I, I say welcome to the club, lad. It's it's a it's a fun club to be a part of. Yeah. Um I'm I'm excited. I can't wait to uh, get the club jacket. I hear you got pretty good ones. Also, stop now calling we, him Cameron Newton. That's weird to me. Just call him Scam, like everybody else. Fair enough. Also, <laughs> we have it's, it's not it's not a jacket. We have phone covers because we choose to make stupid bets, even though we know we're going to lose them. And then I get stuck with an Auburn phone cover for a year because I chose to believe in the Mississippi State Bulldogs to actually win the football game last year, which was pretty mm-hmm. dumb on my part. But you know what? When the hate That's is on so you. When the hate is so, the fire is just burning in your heart, you get blinded by it, and so you make stupid bets that result in you having an Auburn phone cover for a year. So, Well, that, that uh, that's on you. I don't think, I don't know if I would have done the same, because while I do now hate that school with their tacky colors and their um, mascot identity crisis, because like, they got two of them, I don't know which one's which, um... I don't think I would have made that bet, but you know, whatever. Your pride's your pride. Got to stick with it. Um, reason reason why I hate Auburn, um, and and you all should as well. Uh, I think you're all aware that this past weekend we played Auburn, both in softball and baseball. Our our softball team was swept. Uh, it happens. Um, Auburn, Auburn's a good softball team. Our baseball team, which which had a top ten matchup with Auburn, um, took only one out of three at Duty Noble. Um, 
And I, th- I think that that 17-8 to eight game really just left a bad taste in my mouth. But it was, yeah, just just utter domination by Auburn against us. And, you know, it, it got me down. It, it hurt my feelings because both teams, both teams were on such a good roll. Uh, our women, our softball team had um, three straight SEC series wins. Of course, baseball had five. Um, and both those streaks are gone now, so... Uh, you know, the momentum, I, w- I won't say it's gone, but it's definitely a lot less. The thing with the softball series against Auburn, though, they were they were, they were competitive games. They were close games. They lost 4-2 to two Friday night. They lost on a walk-off Grand Slam on Saturday night. And, I mean, that, that that's a momentum killer in itself right there. That's just, that's deflating to have a team win on a walk-off Grand Slam. Um, but moving on to baseball, I, I, I think, I think Jeremy, what we have worried about this whole season finally caught up to the to the dogs. I think it was um, their pitching, the, the bullpen pitching. It, it, it finally looked like, you know, they couldn't get it done, and they didn't. So I... Now, now we have three three series left, three SEC series left in the in the season, and we got to go to Texas A and M this weekend, and they are no easy out. They're they're a very good ball club, and then of course, uh, wrapping the season up, we have LSU. We we we've talked about it here. Um, I just I I'm starting to get that sinking feeling. Um, I'm I'm not. I don't know. I'm just it's it's starting to get it's starting starting to get worrisome for me. Jeremy, how are you feeling about them? Uh, not good. Is <laughs> that about the only way I can really describe it? Um, That's about right. I w- I wish I could say that this was a new feeling that you know, kind of like what we well, you and I have been talking about uh, off the pod and kind of mentioned occasionally on the pod but I mean I'll I'll be honest I mean this has been a growing feeling for me that just finally kind of like a, a nasty you know pimple just finally decided to show its head uh recently but I mean th- this has been coming I mean if you you watch series I mean the South Carolina series that was a good win series I mean we played some good games to win that series but for me I mean a tailing series to us was I mean just a couple of weeks ago when we played Alabama and None of those games were just dominant wins. I mean, obviously you had the extra inning game to get the sweep, which was great. But, I mean, even the game prior to that and the Friday night and the Thursday night game prior to that, neither of those were just convincing wins. Nothing about it just screamed were that much better than what is currently the the cellar dweller of the SEC. Um, Now, I don't say that to say that we are a cellar dweller. I mean, we're a good team, but... You know, this just doesn't have the feel of a team that's a top ten dominant team week mm-hmm. in week out. Now we have been winning games; it's been yeah. great. But you've, for anybody that just tunes into the box score, it's like, yeah, this state team's good. You know, they keep winning games. Oh, they won this one five two, or they won this one three one. I mean, it's like, yeah, they're good. But if you watch the games, which we all do, watch the games, and all these state fans have been tuning in, nothing about it has seemed dominant. Nothing about it has made you just feel like this is a team that's just going to make that nasty run. Now we've compared them a lot to. Uh, some really good Mississippi State teams in the past and mm-hmm. said that we 
believe that you know they they have made a believer out of me but at the same time there's you you if you were just honestly telling me that you didn't have a a scratch in the back of your mind thinking like are we really that good though like i don't care how cocky or confident we got earlier this year mm-hmm. no part of you could ever feel like you were 100 percent sure this is a great team yeah yeah um and much to what you just said i'm very worried um this weekend's a tough series. I mean, and it's and it's now it becomes kind of what we talked about with the Ole Miss series earlier this year. After we had gotten uh, beat by Arkansas and we you know, win the Ole Miss, and it was a character defining series. Well, guess what? We get another one right now. Got mm-hmm. uh, got to bounce back and really show show the nation and show yourselves that you're worthy of the praise that you're getting. Uh, so A and M's it's a good series to do it, but at the same time, I'm very worried because A and M's a good team that can quickly shut us down. Uh, you get a bounce back series hopefully next weekend, regardless of what happens this weekend with Georgia. Which, I mean, if you want to say you want to stay in the title race for the SEC and SEC West, you've got to be thinking sweep because Georgia's not a good team. Mm-hmm. Um, but then <laughs> that that lovely date with uh, Old Marinari and the the Bayou Tigers. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. You and I have said it, and I think I've said it. if it comes down to it, and you're telling me that well, if, if we play our way out of the SEC West. Our SEC title, it's okay, but you know maybe we're still competing for a regional host. But if you're telling me that the LSU team could come in here and they very well could, playing for an SEC West championship, mm-hmm. and if you think that they won't be playing hard and have the capabilities to sweep us in our own home, you are out of your mind because I've seen I've seen it happen. LSU yes, can do yes. it anytime yeah. they want to. Yeah. So I'm I'm very nervous. This 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 team is just making me. Our pitching is not there. Yeah. And well, not, I mean, it hasn't been there the whole season. And I, and I don't want I don't want to sit here and say, you know, it's all doom and gloom now because we finally lost our second SEC series of the weekend. I mean, not the weekend, the the season. I don't want I don't want to sit sit here and say, you know, oh man, it's we're done, it's over with. But I mean, it's we've talked about this. We've we've I've had this feeling the whole season. You know, we keep winning, and I'm just sitting there. How how do we keep winning? Like it's shocking yeah. to me. I'm glad we've we've done it. I'm glad we've won, but at the same time, in the, in the back of your head, like you said, you just you, there had to be that thought of you know how long can this winning keep going, and, I mean it's it's we're we're facing some very good opponents to end this season. Um, it 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 worries me because we finally we finally lost. Um, Auburn just. I mean, they just they just flat out beat us. You know, it, it, the 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 pitching was not there, and that's what we've been afraid of all season. But somehow it's worked. Um, but I, yeah, I, I'm I'm not trying to say we're, you know we're we're done for, we're toast. But man, it's it's this is a bad time to, you know, start faltering the way we are. But the, the I, most telling sign this weekend too for me was the pitchers that we've obviously, we kind of jokingly said, you know, we have like five pitchers we trust. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it was those pitchers that were coming in, and you got to be worried that they're, they're definitely showing signs of fatigue from a long yeah. season of having yeah. to literally pitch every game. And we were walking batters. We were hitting batters. I think we hit like seven-plus batters this weekend, which is mm-hmm. not good. I think I saw one stat that said that um, we had allowed 11 base runners without a hit. Yeah, like they didn't even get a hit. They just got on walks or hits. Eleven, and that just comes from you know. Not that I'm a baseball expert, but I do know people that tell me that that comes from the fatigue of the season of you're not finishing your pitches because mm-hmm. you're tired mm-hmm. and your arms are tired. And 
you know, a lot of our curveballs that we're throwing that did get hit is because the reason they're getting hit is because they're not snapping them off because their arms are tired and they're hanging. You've heard the phrase hanging curveball. Mm-hmm. That's one of the easiest pitches to hit because it's slow because it's not as fast as a fastball, and it just is flat. So it's like hitting a 78-mile-an-hour fastball, which mm-hmm. anybody in D1 baseball can hit really well most of the time. Right. So, I mean, it's one of those things where, I'm like I said, it's not, it's not a thing where you can just confidently say, oh, well, we'll just bounce back next week. It's like, I mean, these pitchers are tired, and they're going to be pitching again next weekend. I mean, you can't just get rejuvenated yeah. just in one week. I mean, we need our pitchers to almost have like two weeks off of mm-hmm. not throwing the ball just to get rejuvenated. And they, I'm sorry, but they don't have the. We don't have the time. We don't no. have the ability. We, we don't, don't have, have the pitchers. depth. We don't have the depth to where we can say, "Hey, we won't use Riley's health for a whole weekend. We'll give him a weekend off so he can be refreshed for the next." We weekend. cannot like, afford that. Riley's health is probably going to have to throw Friday and Sunday of this weekend again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, you know, uh, we don't have a midweek game, thank God, this week. But, yeah. I mean, you know, if, if we have one, I don't know if we have one next week, he'll probably throw in that Tuesday game. I mean, it's it's just getting to the point now where I have very big concerns over how, how can we expect to even go into a regional, which is guaranteed at least three games, possibly four, and look at our pitching staff and go, yeah, we can piece together four games. Yeah. It's not like last year where we had Dakota and Austin Sexton go in seven innings apiece, and we only had to throw four other innings with the rest of our bullpen. Right. I mean, it's just not there. I mean, Pinkleton's doing everything he can on Friday to go seven innings, throwing 120-something pitches, which is just incredible. But he's, you know, the nights that he gets shelled, and you usually say, oh, we need to go get that starter because he's struggling. It's like we're out there saying, Pilk, I know you've given up three, but I really need two more innings out of you. And that's kind of what it looked like on Friday. Like, mm-hmm. he just, you could tell they probably wanted to take him out, but they couldn't because they're like, we're going to need every pitcher we need for these next two games. We need Pilkington to just give us two more innings even though he's obviously struggling. Mm-hmm. And that's that's not a place I like to be. No. I mean, that, that was the that was the issue. That was the worry uh, this this whole season. I mean, it's nothing new. We, we just, Like I said before, it's just, to me, it was just a matter of, it was a matter of when. It was a matter of when it was, it was going to fall through the, through the floor. And yep. I, I think, I mean, this past weekend it looked like it did. So I mean, it's not it's not a good time for that to happen. But I mean, the fatigue you you got at some point you had to expect it to happen because I mean these kids these same kids have been going the whole entire season and that's that's trying on a pitcher that's that's you know it's gonna wear them down it's gonna cause them to you know not perform the way they need to be performing. Yep, um, nailed it. They go to they go to College Station this this weekend, and I, I'm I'm just gonna say let let's let let's hope for one out of three. Um, at at this point after this Auburn series, if we if we can get one out of three, uh, I'll be happy with that. Um, Texas A&M they're a good squad. I think I don't did they sweep us last year? I I that was I that was the one, wasn't it? Yeah, that was the one series that we lost. I think I don't know if it was a sweep or not, but um, I was I went to the Sunday game of that, and I mean, this is like they lost a lot of heavy hitters from from that last year's team, but um, they're still they're still just a solid ball club all around all around. So um, well, I mean, we'll see, we'll see. I'm hoping for one out of three. Um, I I think I'm with you there. Uh. You know that I mean, A and M's a solid ball club. Uh, I still feel confident. Like I said, I think Pilk is throwing really ball. I, at this point, you just never know where he is fatigue wise. I mean, mm-hmm. he's thrown a lot of innings as well. He hadn't done it 
like I said, it's different for a starter versus a reliever where, you know, they throw, you know, relievers are throwing all the time during the week and starters are just, you know, bullpen and then they're one start. Um, he's throwing the ball really well, so I'm going to go one and three and hope that Pilkington can still continue to roll because, yeah, if we're going to make a run in this play in, into the postseason, it's going to be behind the arm of Pilkington and mm-hmm. some, some luck. So uh, I'm going to say that Pilkington is going to carry us for at least one game. But like I said, I mean, the bullpen right now, you can just tell it's just, it's just cast. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is. I, I have hope that, you know, I like, I like the Denver McQuarrie is really coming along as a freshman. Uh, and it seems like he might be somebody that could be shifting into uh, that maybe, maybe move Billingsley up to Saturday and have Denver McQuarrie come in on Sundays. Not sure of that yet. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd really hate to see Cole Gordon come out of that starting role. I know he's really practiced for it all year, and you right. know, he was drafted, and he was obviously recruited to pitch in that Saturday role. So, really hate it for him. <laughs> um, but you know, it might be it might be time to relinquish to a pitcher that we obviously signed to pitch for us. Uh, <laughs> Cole, you've you've done your job. Tip of the cap. Yeah. You know, we're obviously can still usually in the bullpen role, but. Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean it's, it's going to be tough, and like I said, I, I mean I'm, I'm hoping we pull away that Friday game. I could very likely see there, there, you know, they they obviously have an ace that could come out and stifle us, and if we have a bad hitting game and Pilkington gives up a couple of dingers, which he tends to do, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it could be a rough weekend. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like you, I'm hoping one of three, hoping one of three, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't want to gloss over. I do want to go back to softball. We, we're we're at home against Kentucky this weekend, right? Yes, yes, we we're back in Starkville against Kentucky. Shocker! They're also ranked. They're 18th in the country. Um, yeah, but back at back at back at news uh, back at news park. Yeah. Um, uh, you got you got to love the magic of news park, right? Yeah, now. Our, yeah, our girls playing well. Absolutely. I, th- I, I think we, we can get we can get two or three from Kentucky. Yes, we, yeah, we I think em. so. I think so. I think we can battle back after that weekend in Auburn. Um, I, th- I think we get this series win against Kentucky. I really do. I think uh, we take two S- out of three. Sites is Sites is still on fire too. She Sites, Sites, Sites. Let me tell you about this. Let me pull up the stat actually. I got a little little uh, little stat bomb for you, little saber metric for you. Uh, Ooh, let's go. Yeah, Caroline sites an SEC play home runs six, runs batted in twenty five, slugging percentage seven oh three percent, total bases forty five, hits twenty three, batting average three fifty nine. Now Jeremy, home runs, RBIs, slugging percentage, and total bases. She leads the SEC in. That's pretty good. I'm not. I'm not a big rankings guy, but that's pretty good to be number one. Yeah, if you're first, um, I don't think Seems there's anybody in good. front of you. So, Caroline, sides, yeah. keep doing what you're doing. She's she's just but it, she's but, awesome. it, but if you're first though, who are you supposed to be looking up to? Um, probably Jesus. Maybe. Oh, okay, that's yeah. a, that's a yeah. good person to look up to. Yeah, yeah, big man upstairs. But He's Caroline, sides, yeah. Well, I've never met him. Well, we won't go into that. Uh, <laughs> that's for another podcast. That's, yeah, that's for our church <laughs> podcast. Um, but yeah, come Caroline Sites. Yes, come, yeah, Sunday. Caroline Sites, though, just just te- tearing tearing the cover off the ball. Um, she was. She also hit another home run this weekend. Shocker. Um, but she, she's she's very good, and I, and I think. I think we still have a little bit of juice uh, coming into this next series against Kentucky, and I truly believe that they can take two out of three from the Wildcats. Um, Jeremy, let's get into uh, tennis and track and field and golf and anything else you might want to talk about. Yeah. 
Uh, it was a big weekend for a lot of our obscure sports, as they've been known to be called. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll walk through the quick stuff, and then, or not the quick stuff, but the uh, I'll say I'll say the bigger stuff for uh, at the end. Uh, track and field had the SEC relays this weekend in Baton Rouge, and uh, the dogs had a really good weekend. Uh, ended up coming away with a fourth place as a total at 84 points, which I'm not sure what the point system was, but I'm just going to assume 84 is really, really good. Mm. Um, yeah, obviously, high number. Yeah. Um, but they finished in fourth place, and they had five total victories. Um, a, a name we've become quite frequent with here on this podcast, Logan Boss, mm-hmm. came away with a win in the high jump. Uh, Nicholas Quiera won the javelin throw. Nice roll in the uh, bar there, by the way. Hey, man, you know, I have a little little Latin flair in my life <laughs> sometimes. Um, Tiffany Flynn won the triple jump. And then in the shuttle huddle, shuttle hurdle relay, mm. relay. Oh, that's a tongue twister. That is. Willie Reed, Herbert Wise, Jaquarius Wilson, and Roderick Spears won that event, the shuttle hurdle relay. Nice. And then in the distance medley relay, um, we had Furion Price, Alan Lewis, uh, Katera and Reed and Rion Wed Price. Man, just butchered like ninety-five of those names. Well, uh, you, you're not a names guy, and that's why I leave you. That's why I leave you with all the foreign names. Listen, the distance medley relay team won, which is really good. Uh, we had five total victories, so good job by the uh, track and field team. I did see that the men's team, it came out uh, on Tuesday, that they are now ranked 22nd in the country. Oh. So that's really good. Good nice. for them. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, track, track and field's doing really well this year. They're having a really solid season. I'm really excited to see when they get to the official SEC tournament how they all pan out. And obviously we'll have some people go into the NCAA. So I think there's a, a lot of hype around these dogs on the track and field. So uh, I'm excited to keep up with them some more and, you know, just see see how well we run, jump, and throw things because apparently we're pretty decent at it. Yeah. Um, quick, I just wanted to cover real fast. Um, the women's golf team completed completed play in the SEC play tournament last weekend, which we covered, and we said that they would be considered for an NCAA tournament bid, which unfortunately they did not obtain. Mm-hmm. But due to her superb play all season, Jessica Ping, did qualify as an individual to the regional in Atlanta and will now go to the regional with a chance to possibly make the NCAA tournament okay. uh, at a later date. So congrats to Jessica. We're looking forward to covering you. She'll go there as an individual and okay. compete in that regional. So, you know, I'm not exactly sure how it all works. I think she goes there with all the teams that qualified, and then there's also individuals, so she'll just compete. I guess I'm guessing she'll just be part of an independent team that's Mississippi State. I don't know how it works, but – uh, we'll obviously root her on, and hopefully she can make a, a nasty run to qualify for the NCAA Nationals. Yeah. Um, and so with all that, this now brings us to uh, what I consider to be uh, probably the highlight of the weekend, uh, all sports related for the dogs. Um, the Mississippi State men's tennis team had a really nasty run in the SEC tournament. This, uh, yeah, they did. They did. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say that this podcast had complete belief and that we actually predicted this SEC tournament run, but this podcast had complete belief, and we correctly predicted this SEC tournament run. So, it's true. Uh, it's true. You know, just just go back and listen to the tape. I accurately predicted who we would play and that we would beat them uh, almost all the way to the championship, which unfortunately the dogs did not win this weekend. Mm. Uh, well, we still technically played. the dogs won, but just Thomas, not just not that's just just not our that's dogs. Just dirty. Well, that's I mean, hey, dirty. call it like I see it. Hey, why don't we call it like our see it for our dogs every once in a while, well, okay? I mean, hey, if they win an SEC title, I'll call it like that. But 
another Bulldog one. You know, give props to them. We've never – Georgia's not on that same level of Auburn hate yet, so. I don't know. It's getting pretty close. I mean, I've, <laughs> I, have pretty, I have a pretty good friend, Chelsea Williams, that always likes to remind me of all the Georgia love that's going on these days, and it's really getting annoying. So uh, mm. they could be coming close to me. I, I'm not going to say the proverbial I hate such and such, such and such, or for this case, I hate Auburn. Mm-hmm. But uh, Georgia is quickly rising up that ladder. Uh but no, the, I mean the men's tennis team. It was it was a really it was really just an impressive run, and it showed the resiliency of the year. I told y'all at the, in the podcast last week that we finished the year really uh, slow with two straight losses uh, to end of the season. But I told y'all not to worry about that. That that was kind of just like a blip on the radar. That this was really a good team. They were better than their five seed, which they were given in the tournament, and I fully expected them to surpass those expectations, and they did. Um, like I said, I, I, I won't go into great details. I usually do because I just wanted to focus on just the whole picture here. But, I mean, the Dogs opened up in the quarterfinals with a dominating 4-1 win, four one win over Vandy. Qualified, or that was in the round of 16. Qualified for the quarterfinals where they faced uh, a team by the name of South Carolina, who Ladd certainly does not like. Oh, I hate uh, them. I hate them. But I, as I told Ladd on the podcast, I said, Ladd, don't worry about South Carolina. We got them. No doubt in my mind we're beating them. And, shocker, we beat them 4-1, destroyed mm. them. Mm. And Take they would play the number one played the number one uh, seed, Texas A&M Aggies, in the semifinals, a team we had already beaten earlier in the year, so I was already supremely confident that we could get it done and then. Uh, it was close this time, but again, Dog showed the resiliency. They came from behind to win that one. Came from behind 3-0, which yeah. is uh, really good. Very impressive. Like that, uh, we, we got so much experience in this tournament from different types of matches that I know, even though we didn't win, it all went to the greater benefit of building resiliency within this team for them to use later on in the year. Uh, but, yeah, they won that match 4-3, coming from behind 3-0, so that's awesome. And then in that Georgia, the championship match, I got so excited. We won the doubles point, mm-hmm. so we were up 1-0, which it was a surprise because Georgia is usually not only are they a great tennis school, but they're a really good doubles program. I mean, they traditionally have some really great doubles players. Right. Uh, so for us to win the doubles point, I was like, I mean, I literally about texted you and said, it's in the bag. Like, I, there's no doubt in my mind we can win three of the singles, but to win the doubles was huge. And... um just as the day wore on, it was tight the whole way down. There was never, I mean, there were a couple matches that got away from us, but at the same time, we had a match go our way that probably Georgia didn't like, that it was a straight set victory. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I remember texting Lad going, this is going to be super tight. And yeah. it was. It literally came down to the last three courts. We had uh, two courts and three sets, and one court was literally a 7-6, 7-6 match. Mm-hmm. And the dogs ended up dropping those last two courts. Um to lose four three, and I mean it's it. I mean you you try to take the positives out of it, which is very easy to do. Even though I want to focus on the negatives, because it's when you come that close, that's all you can really see. And in, in my opinion, is the negatives because, like I said, you're tic tacky every little thing. But uh, this dog's name, Alex. I'm I'm gonna try and stay positive though, and say that you know it's, it, Georgia was a really good team. They are a really good team. Um, but I would love to play them one more time. Give, give me give me the Georgia dogs one more time, and just let's see what happens because. On, on that day, it seemed like we were the better team. They just called a couple really lucky breaks um, there in, in some of those second sets and third sets. I mean, it was just literally if we could have gotten – if Rack Attack maybe could have gotten to a third set, if Mate could have won his third set. I mean, there were just so many times where the momentum just never fully shifted in those matches for us that we needed it to. Um, but like I said, I think it's all for the greater good as far as the, uh, the players play some really tough matches, and I think they'll come out on the better end of it. Um, to go ahead and just let you know, uh, the NCAA Tournament Selection Show was this past Tuesday. 
congrats to both the women's and men's team for qualifying, which mm-hmm. we already knew was going to happen, but still yep. a great feat nonetheless. Uh, so the women actually got a interesting draw there. Got matched up in Atlanta, Georgia, in the Georgia Tech Regional. Uh, Georgia Tech is the number one seed, and Mississippi mm. State's number two seed. They'll face number three seed, Northwestern. The uh, Northwestern Nerds, as I believe they're known. Yeah, that's their uh, mascot. Yeah, I think that's their mascot. Yeah. And then if they win, they'll obviously play Georgia Tech, who is the number eight seed. And uh, also and the Nerds. Also the Nerds. So yeah. it's just a big nerd convention over there in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, Georgia Tech is the national number eight seed, so obviously they'll be favored to win. But as I've said many times on this podcast, Mississippi State went through the gauntlet that is the SEC yes. regular season. Yeah, uh, they beat some great SEC teams. They lost to some great ones, and they lost some tough matches to some great ones. I think put us against any team that's not an SEC team, and I like our chances. So I don't care if the Georgia Tech nerds think they're better than us. I like Mississippi State's chances. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll get into a full breakdown of the uh, tournament next weekend. I want to do some research just to know exactly who we're playing. But early indications are I'm probably going to pick the dogs. Uh, and then for the men, they got pulled. They did not get a host, unfortunately, but they did get a favorable draw, and they got roped into the uh, Oklahoma Regional with uh, Oklahoma Sooners being the host and the national number 14 seed, uh, number one seed in this pod. Um, but Mississippi State's number two seed, and they're facing the SMU Mustangs. Uh, mm. You know, I, I still thought they were suspended from, you know, the football thing, but I guess they got their tennis program back. So yeah. For them. Also, also uh, for those out there who are wondering, a Mustang – is a horse. So it's a horse. Yeah. It's a pony. Yeah, it's a pony. So it's a pony. It's not a car. They're not the they're not the SMU vehicles. They yes. are it is a horse, a Mustang and yes. a horse. Okay. Good good catch good yeah. catch, lad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but we'll play we'll play the ponies first. Uh okay. and then if we win we'll play the Oklahoma Sooners who like I said are the national number fourteen seed, which is not a high seed. And them putting us in that regional proves that they obviously give us great respect and they give us a fair chance to win that matchup, which obviously I'm not, I won't do it now officially, but I think we know where I'm going to go with this next week and I'll have full breakdown of the future domination of the Oklahoma Sooners uh, right. if we get to that matchup. I'll dive into it next week. But uh, re- really proud of the men's and women's team to just make the tournament. And uh, like I said, I- I'm feeling pretty good about some uh, some nasty runs coming in the future, but we'll, we'll get all into that next week. Yeah. I'm ready, man. Let's see some. Let's see some sick backhands. You know, <laughs> maybe some tweenies. So or tweeners. Ooh. What are they? Are they tweeners? Tweeners. Tweeners. Tweeners are sick, cool. dude. The one time I saw Federer do it, I was like, oh. Then I tried to do it, and then it like I hurt myself. So. Yep. Tweener. Tweeners are only for pros and D1, uh, collegiate athletes. So, at home, if you think you're kind of good at tennis. And you think you can try a tweener? Don't, don't do it. Take I it can for, do tweeners. Well, okay, you played, you know, what junior college tennis, so or community college, uh, high, whatever. High, high, uh, high level junior college tennis. I'm not. I'm, that wasn't a dig. That was not a dig. Don't try to. Don't. I know you were very. I'm, you, you had a I'm very not, good school. I'm no, school. I, I'm no Josh Lang. Okay, I played high level tennis. Well, um, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Is that all we got for for, for your uh, that, for your neck of the that's woods? That's all I got for this week. Like I said, we should have uh, full previews and more track and field to cover. Uh, we'll cover the women's golf as they proceed. To, Jessica will be competing, so we should have a little bit more next week. But uh, like I said, I mean, the the year is wrapping up. I know uh, schools wrapping uh, wrapping up for a lot of the kids. They'll be going home for summer, and right. uh, like I said, the the amount of, the amount of uh, content we will have 
is going to slowly dwindle down, but do not fear Mississippi State and uh, our, our avid podcast listeners. We have plenty of stuff planned to keep you entertained throughout uh, this season and into the summer. Yeah, if, if anything, if anything, it's going to get more fun as we go. The less sports we cover, the more fun it'll be, at least. It's going to be more weird, that's for sure. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, there's, no, there's no telling. There's no telling what's going to happen. Just stick around with us. Um, let's talk about let's talk about the NFL draft, Jeremy, because yeah. we did have one lone survivor that was drafted. Um, Justin Senior, our our good friend from the North, the Great White North, um, drafted by the Seattle Seahawks. What it was it sixth round? Yep. Six-round pick? Six-round. But uh, I'm I'm kind of surprised, but I'm incredibly happy. Um, I think I was more expecting Fred Ross to be kind of our only guy that was drafted, but turns out it was Justin Sr. Couldn't be more thrilled for him. I have a couple of friends that that, uh, had the pleasure of being his acquaintance uh, up at school, and... um, just, just very happy for him. Seattle's going to be a good place for him. It's close enough to Canada, so you know, good for him. Yeah, I think I think it's a good landing spot for him. Obviously, uh, Seattle's been good to Mississippi State players in the past. They obviously currently have a player by the name of KJ Wright, right? Any Mississippi State fans will know, and uh, they had a former offensive lineman by the name of Porkchop Walmack. Ooh, uh, yeah, I love me some Porkchop. I do too. Uh, he, put, he he played for the Seahawks there for a little bit, so he did. I mean, they they obviously have an affiliation and like the like the Mississippi State people up there. Uh, I'm excited for it. Like I said, it'll be cool to see him and KJ on the field, uh, not together obviously because they're offensive defense. But uh, mm-hmm. like I said, if he can ever find if he can ever find a way to start, it's always cool. Like on Monday night and Sunday night football when they announce that they played for Mississippi State, it's always good to hear that. Uh, especially since ESPN probably is going to say he plays for the University of Mississippi or Mississippi University because they never get that stuff correct. Yeah, that's definitely going to happen. But no, it's a, it's good for him. He he had a good year and uh, he de- is definitely deserving. He's got he's a freak athlete for the size that he is, so it's not surprising. But uh, hey, kudos to him for uh, convincing a couple teams to take a shot on him. And I think it's going to pay off for him in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um, our other our other players that were eligible for the draft or, you know, were in contention being drafted uh, that didn't get drafted. We had Fred Ross. We all know Fred Ross. Uh, he went to the Carolina Panthers, which I, you and I agree was a very good uh, – that's a very good place for him to go. Um, we had Richie Brown, the beard, Dan Mullen's leading tackler um, as, as, as long as he's been here. He is with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, we got Nelson Adams, who was picked up by the Steelers as an undrafted free agent. And then Jonathan Calvin going to uh, Cheesehead Land, picked up by the Green Bay Packers. Now, we talked, Jeremy, we talked about Richie Brown and Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is going to be the Hard Knocks uh, team this season on, is, is it HBO? What a, who, who does yeah. that? Yeah. yeah, on HBO. So... Who knows? Maybe we'll see a little bit of the beard on Hard Knocks. That'd be pretty neat. It'd be pretty nifty. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. That'd be that'd be cool. 
Uh, I'm excited for him. That'll be a cool spot for him to land. Uh, they have a lot of young linebackers there, so you know we'll see how he does competing for time with them. Lots of LSU linebackers, which we know they're pretty well known for, so we'll see. Um, obviously love the spot the, for Fred Ross to land. Panthers are not really known for their wide receivers, so Fred Ross definitely could have a chance to shine. Uh, I hate that he has to catch the ball from Cameron Newton, but uh, you know I'll get I'll get over it. I guess uh, not going to like you're going to start calling him Frederick Ross. Fred, don't even <laughs> don't even start. Uh, but yeah, I like it for him. And then like I said, I like the, I like the land spots for uh, Calvin and Adams. I mean, you know, Adams has a chance to be part of that. You know that those nasty Steelers defenses they're always known for. And mm-hmm. I mean, just to be a rotation guy in, on that squad would be an honor, obviously, because they're very well known for their they pride themselves on good defense so i look right. forward to seeing what nelson Adams can do in that and then jonathan calvin i mean you know it'd be cool to see him opposite uh, clay matthews possibly at some point yeah, so that'd be sure. that'd be pretty neat mm-hmm. uh, hopefully hopefully not going after our boy dak too hard in the nfc but uh you know still it'd be it's it's pretty neat like i said it's a, it's a good day for the dogs i mean we did the draft may not have gone exactly as we planned with uh you know for fred ross maybe and some other prospects but uh Still, I mean, it, it was a great day for the dogs, and like I said, at the end of the day, we got some dogs in some really good landing spots, and we look forward to covering them in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, let's get into some segments. We're going to start off like we always do. Can Coach Canizero beat up that coach? Jeremy, this week we got Rob Childress from Texas A&M. Uh, he, he's, he's a salty dog. I'm just going to tell you that right now. He, he, he looks like that, that snake in the grass that can just, I don't know, Maybe they go to shake hands. He, he, he's got some some infield clay in his hand, in his back pocket. You know, they go to shake hands, boom, right in Canizero's eyes. Um, he, he's sneaky. That's all I'm going to say. Um, let's, 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 make a, let's make a match out of it. Let's say, hmm, let's make this a ladder match, Jeremy. And okay. hang, hanging from the roof, hanging from the chain, above the ladder – is is the 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 belt for the true maroon champion. And I say true maroon like duh, we're maroon, they're maroon. Whoever gets this, they're the maroon school. Who you taking? You taking Canazar or you taking Rob Childress? Ooh, I mean it's it's one of those where I, I, I'm like you. I think Childress is a dirty uh, player. He's, he's not going to uh, play by the rules. I, th- I think at one point, you know, he's going to show Canizero the gigum sign, and Canizero's going to assume he's giving him like a thumbs up, and he's actually just going to like go for his eyeball and try to like poke him in the eye. <laughs> so that'll distract Canizero for a hot second. That Childress will get like halfway up the ladder, but then Canizero will come to. He will literally physically pick up the ladder with Childress on it. And yes. like shake him off of it. He can do and it. And Childress, Childress being old will just fall to the ground, and Canizaro will go uncontested to the top of the ladder, snatch the belt, and secure True Maroon for uh, the good dogs. Yeah, maybe maybe before he grabs the belt, he'll he'll, he'll hit Childress with like a like a five star frog splash or something cool like that. Ooh, that'd, that'd I like tight. it. That'd be tight. I think that'd be pretty. But sweet. yeah, ladder match for uh for the for the rightful uh, belt. The maroon belt, yeah. I'm taking Kinazar. He's gonna, he, have you, dude. Every time I see him in the dugout, it's just he's got his hands on his hips and his his biceps look like my thighs. My thighs are pretty large, but like not muscular large, like the other kind of large. But I digress. Yeah, I'm taking Kinazar. That's just 
I I honestly don't see me ever taking anyone other than Kenazora. Jeremy uh, Mar- Mar- Marinari might be one of those cases. You never know. Uh, well, you'll have to stick around and, and find out. Um, we got, but not not to not to ruin or spoil anything, but just guys, you you definitely want to tune in to the Marinari one. You definitely <laughs> want to tune in. We, we got, got we got, we got yeah we got, we got something, something special lined up yeah. that uh we're I, cooking I think up some stuff. Will, I think I think you'll be very entertained by the podcast that week. So, uh, I know just, I will. Yeah, I know I'll be. Yeah, just quick, quick preview of you know, or I guess a teaser, you know, or as they do, I think they believe, I believe they do sometimes in uh, you know these WWE matches. They uh, you know preview and they get and they they try and get people incentivized to tune in. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing here. You know, hey, you might want to tune into this match because uh, the Marinari uh, Kenazero death match that is impending. It's going to be worth. It's going to be some great coverage. We're excited to cover it, and uh, it's going to be worth your while. Well, let's not let's not hype it up too much because if it ends up being like terrible. Then they're just going to be like, "Hey, you guys!" But the the probability of it being terrible is very small, very very, very, small. very small, very small, very small. But yes, yep. that that's going to be. We got some great stuff cook uh, cooking for that one. So just stay with us, folks. Um, let's get into some. Oh, you got a you you have it. This is why we can't have nice things again. I feel yeah. I, I'm starting to hate this segment just because it it usually doesn't mean good things for us. What do you got? Jim? Yeah, unfortunately, I, I won't dwell on it too long because I mean it's just the more of the same. But I mean a, after our podcast came out, it, it was reported that our our boy Ashcraft, the pitcher, um, he's at, he's out for the year with a groin injury, I believe. So mm-hmm. I mean. A promising freshman pitcher that honestly we could use right now that could throw the ball really hard and definitely was probably in line to see some weekend pitching mm-hmm. got hurt. So hey, just another pitcher that we lost. Shocker. Uh, but yeah, guys. Again, I hate to say this phrase. This is why we can't have nice things because they just break on us at all times. So, Ashcraft, just... I was a big fan of yours, and I hope I didn't give you the kiss of death by saying that. But I was a big fan, and I still look forward to seeing you pitch next year. But uh, kind of could have used you this year, bud. So hate to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you you might be you really might be the kiss of death because for the past couple of weeks now you've said you like something like a team or a person and shut, then, and shut then, up. Well, shut I mean, up. I'm just saying there's there's been a trend. There's, we won't go into it, but there's definitely has been a trend. So. You know, if you're if you're following Jeremy on Twitter, just like tell him I don't know, tell him to like somebody, and then maybe, maybe they'll crash and burn. Not like that's literally, just, but like that's just rude. That's just rude. And I'm mean, just saying, there's been a trend. For. There's been a trend. You cannot deny. Yeah, it. you cannot I'm, deny. I'm a Mississippi State fan. That's the trend. No, this 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 trend is going like out of Mississippi State sports. And now you said you said like last week you're like, hey, I really like this Ashcraft kid. Bam, out for the season. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Hey, Maybe you're I, why we can't I, have nice things, Jeremy. I, I, re- I really like my co-host, Lad Ezel. I really like him a lot. He's a, he's, a, you know he's a good guy. I think he's got some promise. I really look forward to covering many more podcasts with him. Okay, well. All right. You heard it here first, Jeremy. Just just sealed my fate. I'm going to die next week. So, Thanks a lot, Jeremiah. Final Destination <laughs> 7, the death of the podcast. Oh, Those movies were terrible, by the way. Those my movies were gosh. so awful. Oh. Uh, we're okay. We're good. We we're getting off. We're getting off topic. <laughs> um, let's go into. Uh, we got bear bashing. We got bear bashing. Jeremy, why don't you uh, lead us off with that? 
Yeah. Uh, well, if anybody paid attention to the draft, uh, you notice that uh, there, there were there were a lot of bears that were getting called, and you know uh, Evan Ingram came in the first round, and mm-hmm. uh, you know they they had a, a bunch of other players, but a, a name that many uh, people expected to get called early, and obviously Ole Miss fans were very excited to see get called, um, but just kept having to wait was the name uh, Swag Chad Kelly mm. or Chad Swag Kelly, however you want to refer to him. Um, yeah, he he just found himself fifth round, sixth round into the seventh round and just couldn't get his name called. And at one point they did have a wonderful moment where they showed the camera looking at Chad Kelly in his home, you know, pretty much saying like, here's Chad Kelly. We expect to see called soon. I think this was early in the seventh or late in the sixth. And Chad Kelly literally is draped over his couch, like passed out, like he's asleep. <laughs> like he was just like, yeah, I'm over this. I'm not going as high as I wanted to. I'm not even going to pay attention. And you can tell ESPN was like, oh, well, uh, somebody might want to nudge him because, you know, he's on live TV right now. Um, yeah. All way to, way to look eager and ready to play in the professional league. Um, exactly, swag. you're 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 really showing those owners that you want to be on this league. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it it actually it worked out for Chad Kelly, or some might say it worked out, uh, quote unquote, mm-hmm. because Chad Kelly did get his name called as Mister Irrelevant, the <laughs> last pick of the entire NFL draft. Which I know some people will say, hey, at least you got drafted. But I love the argument that somebody made on uh, I can't remember what website it was, but they said at the end of the day. You are getting called Mr. Irrelevant. So, like, I don't care what you do. You have to do so much because you get to go home. You get to go to sleep every night thinking, like, am I really irrelevant? Like, I mean, it's a, it's a question of your character at this point. And I yeah. love that someone made that comment because I just thought, I feel like that's what Chad Kelly's doing. Like, man, I beat Alabama. I was this great, you know, prospect. You know, I had all this stuff going for me. And then I just had to be an idiot character-wise and do all, say all these stupid things. And here I am, the last pick in the draft being called Mr. Relevant, which is pretty much what he is. And then he also got dunked on by the former porn star for, like, the ninth time, which was hilarious. <laughs> so, uh, she came yeah, she flat. came out real quick and, and trolled him. It was awesome. She came out super mm-hmm. quick and trolled him, mm-hmm. uh, and it was just awesome. So, yeah, bear, bear bashing old swag. Hey, hey, you did make the league, but, you know, hey, I'll, I will proudly – I wish I could buy that Mr. Relevant jersey that they had at the – draft. I don't know if they send that to him. I hope they do and I hope he wears Oh it gosh, I hope they do. I really do. That would be great if he showed up to like their first home game for Ole Miss next year or whatever bowl game that is and just is wearing the <laughs> Mr. Irrelevant jersey. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'll say this. Even if it is being drafted into the NFL, which is which we're not going to sit here and tell you it's like even if you were last, oh man, that means you're not good. No, that's not what that is. But I will say this. You got drafted last. That's like being picked last in kickball in elementary school. Like, you're you're the very last person any of the teams want. So. Yep. Yeah. So, all right, cool. Chad, you're, you're, you're the kid with asthma and glasses that was picked and last. Now, and now you're going to go sit the bench behind a kid from Memphis, the school that and, beat you last year. And Northwestern. <laughs> and, and Northwestern. Northwestern. Nerds. Don't, don't forget about Simeon. <laughs> That's bear bashing. Um, let's move on to. We got doghouse and top dog. Doghouse, top dog. Let's do All it. Right, doghouse. I'll start off with doghouse. Um, my doghouse is is double headers in the SEC conference play because Jeremy, <laughs> we we've had two of them in a row now. We we barely escaped the double header against Alabama last weekend. And we just got rocked by Auburn this this Friday, or this Saturday in our in our doubleheader. 
Um, yeah, not a fan of doubleheaders. Let's, I don't know, move move the game to Monday if Sunday is going to be like tornadoes and stuff. I don't, I don't ever want to see another doubleheader, which probably means we're going to get like at least five more. Um, but yeah, not not a fan of the doubleheaders. You're in my doghouse. Jeremy, who do you got? Um, it was a tough one this week. Uh, you know, I had to consider all sports and, you know, all things related to Mississippi State to try and find a, an appropriate doghouse. And uh, I think I found the, the absolute one that encapsulated me this weekend. Uh, in my doghouse, I'm putting hope. Hope? Like the, hope. like... Like, like the emotion, hope. Like because the emotion. Okay, please explain I hate, this I hate, I hate you, Hope, because <laughs> you're you're what we as Mississippi State fans, it's all you we have because we've never won. And, you know, when you've never won, you just hope for when you finally do win. And so, you know, I think it can be encapsulated by not only did Mississippi State play for an, another SEC championship this weekend <laughs> right. Right. against a team after making a nasty run yep. in this podcaster's uh, profession, actually a prediction that I really looked good at. Um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, again, right at the end of the day, the dogs lost. And then <laughs> also related to this baseball team, we've been so high on them for so long. And, lad, what are we talking about right now? How, well, we're not as good as we thought we were. We actually are really pretty terrible, possibly. Like, it's just like, and there's the hope again, gone completely. <laughs> so you know what, Hope? I really mm-hmm. hate you because you always get me excited for you only to just spit in my face and kick me when I'm down. So I hate you, Hope, and I wish I never had ever met you. But unfortunately, <laughs> as a Mississippi State fan, you're my partner I dance with on a nightly basis. <laughs> uh. Hope she is a cruel mistress. Also, I don't. I, it just, this just made me think there's a great lyric in a Blues Traveler song. It says, Hope can always go up and tears can always come down. So... I think that that applies perfectly to being a Mississippi State fan. Uh, we always hope, 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 and we always cry. So that's Pretty a much. good. That's a good one. I like that. Hope <laughs> you've made it to the doghouse. <laughs> I don't know how you physically uh, put hope in the doghouse, but uh, we'll find we're gonna, a way. We're, we're going to research it and see we'll, if we can figure it out. <laughs> we'll find a way. Uh, Jeremy, give us your top dog. Um, my top dog this week. Uh, I had a lot of. Uh, considerations and um for this week though for me it's just the obvious one i just got to give him a shout out because i mean it's, it's just the encapsulation of a whole season but I'm, I'm gonna give matt roberts the uh men's tennis coach okay the, uh, top dog yeah, yeah uh this this has been an exceptional year and this is the product i mean we got a lot of young guys that he's the one that recruited him into this uh this system and into the team and so i mean this are his guys that competed this weekend and narrowly won an sec championship and had a great year and I still, and I'm going to stand firm with thinking that this year is far from over. I think we still have a very good deep run in the NCAA's in us. Uh, but I'm just giving props to Matt. I mean, he's a, he's a very likable guy. I've seen him in some interviews. He's a he's a player's coach. He's very high energy. I love seeing the videos of uh, whoever the videographer is from Mississippi State. Every time they have them, uh, you know, if they win a match, it's an important match, and you'll see them sometimes on Twitter and Instagram that they'll they'll have them getting hyped up. And Matt Roberts is out there like fist bumping, chest bumping with them. And that's the kind of coach I like. I like a coach that the players love to play for, and it seems that the players truly do love to play for Matt Roberts. And uh, it shows on the court, and they obviously play really well for him. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
I'm just going to give props to Matt for, you know, congratulations on a great regular season, a great SEC tournament run. I hate it came up short, but uh, I know that y'all are not done, and I look forward to seeing what uh, you were able to do with this Mississippi State team in the playoffs. So uh, looking forward to it. And Matt Roberts, you're my top dog. Nice, nice. That's a good one. That's a good one. I like that. Uh, my top dog, I'm going to go I'm gonna go with Justin Sr. Yep. Bam. Only dog drafted, but um, – he was drafted. Now he's now he's got a chance to uh, make a name for himself with the Seattle Seahawks. They, that's being drafted is probably one of the coolest things. Well, I mean, I don't know, but I would assume it's one of the coolest things for a you know young twenty year old, twenty something year old to accomplish. So, Justin Senior, thank you for all you've done for Mississippi State, and uh, here on Hail Dear Old Pod, we wish you nothing but the best in your. NFL career. We hope it's a, a, a long one, a prosperous one. Uh, and say hey to Russell Wilson for us. So, yeah, Justin uh, Senior. Uh, you, you and KJ throw Mississippi State some uh, some love on ESPN. Looking yeah. forward to that. Yeah, that would that'd be, that'd be pretty cool. Justin Senior, you are my top dog. And uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, pretty good stuff, as usual. We usually... We usually are A1, and I think that was, yet again, how it was this episode. Um, We'll get back to you next week. We'll wrap up everything uh, that happens this weekend. The baseball game with A&M, softball with Kentucky. We'll dive into the NCAA tournament for tennis for our men and women. Um, It's going to be a good one. So, we'll see you guys next week. And, hey, Auburn, I hate you.